You know what the blue book is, right? What is it, Kelly's blue book? Where if you're buying a used car, you can go in there and consult it, and this is how much the car should be worth, right? Did you know there's a very similar type of book when it comes to trees? There is. Uh, it's a guide for plant appraisal, and it's put up by the International Society of Arboriculturists. I'm probably saying that incorrectly, but... Um, and most cities use it, and they put a value on it. And according to a CBC story, apparently there's price tags on all of the trees they've planted around the LRT development in Edmonton. So why? Why do we need to put value on trees, and are we valuing them correctly? We're going to chat now with Carly Zeter, who is an assistant professor of biology at Concordia University in Montreal. Uh, Carly, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Great to be here today. Yeah, so to start, why do we put this value on trees? Why is there a book that puts a value on trees? Yeah, absolutely. So trees provide us with an incredible number of benefits, particularly for for people who live in cities, which is most people if you're here in Canada. Trees are providing cooler temperatures during heat waves. That's an important one this time of year. They're providing aesthetic value. They're improving people's mental health. And putting a monetary value on trees is one of the ways that we try and capture those benefits and kind of relay that importance in in terms that people generally understand pretty well. And more than that, I mean, for cities, at least the way they do it, it's it's if one of us wrecks one of the trees and uh, they need, there's an actual monetary value to it. I mean, so that's the basic rule why this all came about. But like you say, there's more to it than that. Absolutely. Originally, a lot of the the underlying reason for valuing trees is so that we knew how much they were worth if, you know, we ruined one, if we damaged one. So that's where it it comes from. And increasingly now we're seeing this used as more of a communication tool to say, hey, you know, these trees aren't just afterthoughts. They're actually giving something back to us here in the city. And it's really important that we keep them healthy. Do we undervalue them? Are we are we sort of still looking at it as, well, this is replacement cost and we're not taking into uh, the equation all the things that you're talking about? I think we probably do undervalue them. I mean, keep in mind, I'm an ecologist. I study trees. I obviously have a, you know, personal bias towards them, perhaps. Um, but I do think that we're often undervaluing our trees. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that not all of the values that we get from trees, the benefits we get from trees, are easy to monetize. Right. So there are some things that, that transfer pretty well to an economic value. There are other benefits we get from trees, particularly in terms of kind of health and well-being benefits, things like our improved mental health, our cultural and spiritual well-being, uh, recreation, that we have a really difficult time putting a monetary value to. And some people would argue maybe it's not appropriate to put a monetary value to, right? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. We won't all value these trees in the same way. You know, when we take a look at the value of trees and how you know we look at them, are are we seeing more and more cities getting involved in saying, you know, these are important, these are valuable, and, and sort of following along with the discussion that you're having? Absolutely. I think we're seeing more cities getting involved, and I think we're starting to embrace multiple types of valuation. So yeah. monetary value is just one way that we can say, hey, this tree is worth something. But we can also think about things like, you know, biophysical indicators or measurements. So for a scientist like me, I might go out and look at, okay, how much do these trees actually reduce temperature in our city? If we're in the midst of a heat wave, how much are we able to cool things down? 
people working in public health might look at, are these trees reducing hospital emissions? Are these trees reducing incidences of you know, asthma or other other factors. And so we can look at how much are they reducing stormwater, you know, that your basement might flood if the tree wasn't here. So we can look at other ways of valuing. We can also talk to people directly and understand the, the social values that trees hold for them. So do we need a new book? Is it possible to, to come up with a new book? Because like you say, some of these things are really hard to put a dollar value on. Yeah, Is it possible? Um, I think it's always possible to improve. Will we ever have the perfect value for a tree? Probably not. But I do think it's possible to improve. And that science is ongoing. You know, we are studying the benefits we get from trees, you know, in more detail so that we can understand them better to put into those kinds of assessments. Another really big challenge here is that value isn't static, right? Something we might not value today could be incredibly important in the future. You know, if we think of a city, if we think of a city like Edmonton or Calgary, that right now doesn't have that many really, really hot days. Maybe we're undervaluing the role of our trees for reducing temperature during heat waves. Fast forward 20, 30, 50 years when our cities are going to be much hotter, suddenly that value is much more important. Yeah, it's an interesting discussion. I think we all recognize how valuable it is and what a difference they make. So uh, we'll follow this along. Thank you so much, Carly. I appreciate the insight. Thanks very much for having me. You bet. That's Carly Zeter, who is an assistant professor of biology at Concordia University in Montreal. I have a love-hate relationship with trees. I really do. Um, I've lived literally on the edge of Goldbar Ravine pretty much my entire life, just to make it simple, uh, my entire life. And for me... Um, having those trees and, you know, the bush right there has always been, that's why I moved back into the neighborhood when I bought my house. But um, now that I have a yard <laughs> um, and uh, we've, you know, and I, I live in a very old neighborhood, right? Like uh, I think our house was built in 58. So it's a very well-established neighborhood. And that means it has a lot of very, very large trees. And um, not going to lie, some of them I hate. Some of them I absolutely hate. There is one in the neighborhood. I think it's an elm. I'm pretty sure it's an elm, which means it's protected. There's all kinds of rules about what you can do with elms. But the damn thing throws these tiny little round um, seeds of whatever they are. I don't know. They're about the size of a pencil eraser around, about that big. And wherever these things land, and there are billions of them all over. At times of the year on the deck, it looks like it's snowed. They land, and wherever they land, sooner or later, you're going to have a little green thing growing out of there. I mean, growing out of the deck, growing out of the mulch, you name it, growing out of the barbecue cover. It doesn't matter. These things, they germinate like I've never seen. And, I, I mean, it's just everywhere. And what do you do with them? But, I mean, hey, then you've got this gigantic, beautiful shade tree, too. But at the same time, it's trashed vehicles with the sap that it drops. So, like I say, love-hate relationship when it comes to trees. I get the benefits. I like looking at them. I appreciate the shade. But man, they make a mess.